0: All right. Well, for me, all it took was one glance. I looked across the room, and I knew right away that I was going to marry that girl. It was as simple as that. No matter what, she turned her head, I saw her, and I knew. I knew I was going to marry her. She didn't know it yet, but as the Lord would have it, He let me sit down right next to her. See, we were first-year teachers at the same time, and we both got to go to the same little welcoming conference. And as I'm walking up to her, all I can think about is this. Okay, man, this is your moment. In one line, you have got to convince this girl that she wants to marry you as well. (laughs) So I started thinking, that's right, no pressure. Cheesy pickup line. "Eh, It's a little too bold. I thought about saying, you know, somewhere in my inner Joey and being like, how you doing? But I, uh, I didn't go that route. I walked up and I was like, excuse me, do you know where the weight room is? Just kidding, I didn't do that. That would have been absolutely crazy. I wasn't ripped then as I am now. But here's what I did do. I walked right up to her, smiled and went, hey, it's nice to meet you. And I quickly sat down. See, my moment didn't really pan out, but I'm not a quitter, I rallied. I once read in an article that if you give someone something, then perhaps they will like you. So I sat there and I was like, oh. tapped on her shoulder. She turned around and was like, yeah, what's up? And I was like, would you like a piece of gum? <laughs> she was like, yes, I would. And it was in that moment that I realized I also did not have any gum. But it doesn't matter because it all worked out. She married me. It only took about two years of wearing her down. Now, I love going back and and thinking about those big moments in my life. Moments that sometimes I knew leading up to it were going to be big. And then others when I kind of have to sit back and recollect and think, yeah, that was a, a big moment right there. That's the instant where it all began. The biblical figure we're looking at today, Moses, is a man of great faith and trust, and his life seemed to be surrounded by these moments. Starting right with his parents when they chose to defy Pharaoh's orders, his decree, and to save their child instead, moving into his sister Miriam, who had her big moment right where she steps out from the riverbank, hiding in the bushes. She could have said nothing. She didn't know what Pharaoh's daughter was going to say. Was she going to be angry she found this baby or what? But she steps out, takes that chance and speaks up. And then we get to see Moses growing up, right? And then there's even more moments. He kills the Egyptian. He flees Egypt. He saves those ladies at the well. Then there's the burning bush, the plagues, the leaving of Egypt, the crossing of the Red Sea, the Ten Commandments, the golden calf, and that's only the first half of the book of Exodus. Exodus. We've still got moments of manna and quail, wandering in desert, a rock and some water, snake bites and a bronze pole, looking at the Lord's backside appropriately, of course. And then there's that sermon, or is it three sermons, Pastor Bob, in the book of Deuteronomy. Have no fear, folks. Only five sermons today. Now, just kidding, just the one. And you know, it doesn't end with Moses when it comes to those big moments. Really, the Bible seems to kind of read like it's one big moment followed by another big moment, followed by another and another. And we're going to see that when we study the rest of these characters in our sermon series, Fearless Faith and Radical Trust. We're going to see those moments for Esther, for David, for Deborah, for Ruth, and hundreds of others when we keep reading the Bible we see. But all of those moments really just lead us up to that main event, the master of the moment, really the master of all time, Jesus. And it takes four Gospels just to capture some of the moments of Jesus. No room in the end, a young boy in a temple, fasting in the desert, calling the disciples, miracle after miracle, healing after healing, a transfiguration on a mountain, the telling of stories and parables, betrayal, and then all of those moments leading up to the two big ones, the reasons for why we gather as a people today, his death on the cross for the forgiveness of sins, or as it read in John chapter 3, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life, and then to the moment three days later. he rose from the tomb, his resurrection from the dead, ensuring our eternal life and the calling of the new life that he has given to each of us to go and make disciples. And I love these moments, these instances, these events, they give us hope, they give us a a feeling of confidence because we can look back and say, remember when. But there are times. There are times when these moments intimidate me. These moments make me stop and feel a bit insecure and say, you know, my life doesn't really have the big moment from big moment to big moment of faith. My life seems to just kind of be just another ordinary day with an ordinary set of events. And if I'm being honest, These moments here also make me stop and hesitate and say, you know what, I I don't know if in this time right here, I don't know if this is the moment. I don't know if the stars are aligned right. I don't know if I'm supposed to do anything right now. Maybe it's not the right time and I find myself making excuses of why I won't step out on that riverbank, why I won't speak up, why I shouldn't make the call, how it's been. You know what, it's just been a little bit too long and the moment passed and I missed my chance. I think Moses could relate to that feeling. I think one of the biggest moments for him was probably that burning bush. Because there's Moses doing his Moses thing, right? He's shepherding, doing what a shepherd does. They shepherd. And he looks up, right? And he sees a bush on fire. It's on fire, but it's not burning up. And then we've seen the movie, right? He, just like Charlton Heston, leans against the rock and says, Do you see that? I must go and see this, this bush on fire. Yet it does not burn. Or maybe he didn't do it that way. I don't know. I wasn't there. (laughs) But he gets up there, right? He takes off his shoes, and he steps into that moment. And God says, hey, I got big plans for you. You're going to Egypt, and you will deliver my people. And a big fiery hand comes out of the bush for a high five to solidify the deal. Moses looks around and says, what? Me? No, who who am I that I should go be the rescuer that Mitch was rocking out to a little bit ago? I think you've got the wrong dude. God says, I know who I'm calling, and you're the man. Don't worry. I will be with you. We're going together. Moses fires back, says, I can't just run in there and pull a Luke Skywalker with my blaster and be like, I'm Moses, I'm here to rescue you. No way. I tried that already. They didn't like me. And another thing. Who am I going to tell them sent me? I mean, like, I don't even know who you are. They're not really even, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know your name. So God says what? I am who I am. I'm the God of your forefathers. The God of Abraham. The God of Isaac. The God of Jacob. But Moses doesn't give up and continues his excuses. But, but what if they don't believe me? What if they ask me a question and uh, and I don't know the answer to it? What if I look kind of silly when I just don't know what to say? What if they say I'm crazy and I'm just making all this stuff up because I want to feel good? I mean, I don't even know these people, really. And God says again, I will help you. He says, pick up your staff, throw it to the ground, and it turns into a snake. Pick it up again, it's back into a staff says take your hand stick it into your cloak he pulls it out and it's all diseased up he says put it back in he says oh okay it's back together he says see that water you can turn that into blood and this is that moment where Moses knows he's up against the ropes now he's seen the signs he knows that this unknown future isn't going to sway God so he's got one thing left and he says yeah but my past I I don't talk too good, remember? I'm not good at that kind of thing. He doesn't bring up the fact that he murdered someone in Egypt, and he's probably, uh, you don't don't really say that when you're meeting the Almighty at the bush, I'm guessing. But he says, I'll just mess it up, I know I will. And then God responds as only God can, right? Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who makes and gives them sight or makes them blind? It is I, the Lord. So go. Which are some of the best responses God gives, right? Because he gives those to Job and to Abraham as well. Let's go. Got nothing to worry about. Moses does one last thing. He simply says, please. Please, please don't send me. I, I can't do this. Send someone else. I don't think we'd have to wait too long and go back too far to think of a moment like this in our life. Us saying, I'm not ready for this. I'm not, I'm not qualified for this. I haven't saved enough to do this yet. After all, I mean, like, really, this isn't my problem. Maybe like, you know what, if, if you knew me, if you knew the real me, the things that I think, the things that I've done, you wouldn't even be asking me in the first place. It doesn't take too long to remember what that feels like when that paralyzing fear fills you. And you just say, I, I, I can't. I can't do this. Not to mention the leftover feelings of shame and guilt that comes along with these responses and regret, all stemming from the fear. The fear of not being good enough, the fear of messing it up, the fear of failure fear of getting hurt. But Moses Moses picks up the sandals goes back down the mountain and then he goes. Why? Why does Moses do it? How can he be filled with such fear and such uncertainty and still go? Why do any of us ever Because of, I am who I am. I am with you, he says. I will help you, he says. And I will do it. No other reason. No other way. No other truth. I am who I am. I am with you. I will help you and I will do it. See, sometimes having fearless faith doesn't mean we're not afraid. Choosing to follow Jesus doesn't mean that we're no longer going to ever have fear. When he says, pick up your sandals, pick up your staff, pick up your cross and follow me, it kind of leaves the part out where he says, and sometimes you're going to do that crying. Sometimes you're going to do that yelling and making excuses. Sometimes you're going to do that like a child does after bath time, putting on their PJs and suddenly realizing it's time for bed. Like, what a great mystery. What do you mean we're going to bed now? So being a Christian means that fear and sin will still be present in your life, but they will not own you. They will not have the final say over you. God's grace meets you right where you're at and then doesn't leave you like that. See, we can't make ourselves better And we can't make ourselves ready for these moments whenever they'll come in life. But Jesus can, and Jesus does, and Jesus promises to sustain us in them. For he is with us, he is helping us, and he who began a good work in us will bring it to completion. And then what we learn and what we experience then is that big moments aren't things that we stand around waiting for. Big moments aren't things that are lacking in our lives or we've never actually had. Instead, we read Romans 8.28 and we know that in all things God works to the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. And when we take a Romans 8.28 view of life We realize that every moment, these moments right in front of us, the ones we'll encounter today have a purpose and are a part of God's story, and we participate in those moments. We don't have to hope we stumble upon some crazy scenario where everything aligns and we think, this is it, this is one of those moments. No way. It's always. It's right now. The moment has been prepared in advance for us to do, and we go. Because we know that the Lord is with us, helping us, and working in us. And we just saw it a little while ago. Saw it start. And every story we read to our children, every text message we send, every smile and handshake we do during the passing of the peace, each becomes a big moment knowing that it all works to good, allows us to trust and to step out in faith. Knowing that Moses' moments of excuses, of his face becoming all white, of holding up his hands in the Red Sea crossing, those aren't the moments that define Moses' life. God defines his life. God's work of redemption defines his life. And spoiler alert, It defines ours as well. God's work allows us to let go of our excuses and the control that fear has over us and lets us cling to faith, to trust in him. So we can step out. We can speak up. We can volunteer. We can get involved in the moment. We can pick up the phone and make that call or better yet even maybe meet someone face-to-face and have that conversation we've been putting off. We can offer a piece of gum even though we don't have it and watch how God provides. But there will always be a thousand excuses not to. But don't let fear hold you back. Why? Because if I am who I am. Because Christ is with you Christ helps you. And Christ will never stop working in you. Amen.